Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the Parts Unknown podcast. My name is Ben Green. I am the biggest heel in podcasting and I'm joined by the biggest white meat baby face there is. <laughs> it's the heartbreak Yorkshireman, John Ashdown. How are you, John? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. How are you? Any uh, any major changes in your professional life recently? I'm still making a football podcast, if that's what you mean. You're still appearing on a football podcast. Yes, I suppose nothing's really changed, has it? No, way. no. no breaker panel here, I'm afraid. Yeah, no one's been thrown through uh, a barbershop window. No, no one's walked out after not getting the... Uh, Getting the hot tag. We're still here. We're still putting things over. It's only podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, uh, this is an absolutely historic moment in podcasting. I am producer Ben from the Totally Football Show. And you are John Ashdown from... From the Guardian's Football Weekly. It's basically basically um, basically now a super group. We've gone from being, you know, just a normal podcast to being this kind of sort of transformer megabot version of a podcast where you've got two of the top podcast well one of obviously the top podcasts and this young upstart podcast as well what number one in the charts <laughs> one. Yeah. um coming together to form a, a much larger bigger beast and that is the uh, parts unknown podcast we've been watching SummerSlam, not together because we're busy people now you've uh... <laughs> I've always been a busy person. You're a busy person now. I'm head of content at a, a media company now, John. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and why are you so busy? I've always been busy. I work for a, one of the biggest media companies in the world. Which side are you on, John? <laughs> I'm just going to drop the leg and uh, get the three count. That's all I want. That's all I'm interested in. Okay. How was SummerSlam for you? I actually quite enjoyed it, given we're coming off the back of the horrendous Great Balls pay-per-view or that was the last show that we did anyway that was the last podcast that we've done in the middle of them there's been battleground which was pretty rubbish yeah i mean universally slated um i did i i it was a busy time for me so i (laughs) didn't we and we couldn't really uh convene there was uh there was no need to go public at that stage if we were going to miss out any pay-per-view in this uh, epic journey that we're doing through the uh, modern day wwe Battleground was it? It was uh, it was shocking. Um, Jinder versus uh, Randy in the bamboo oh, <laughs> encrusted God, yeah. steel cage, uh, the Punjabi prison, and various other bad things. But but SummerSlam were back. That SummerSlam, the first ever pay per view I watched back in the day. SummerSlam '90, Ultimate Warrior versus Rick Rude in the confines of a steel cage. Hulk Hogan Earthquake. versus Earthquake. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well, I was thinking actually before watching the show. Um, it's always thought of as the second biggest pay-per-view of the year, SummerSlam. You know, it's Mania, SummerSlam, and then I guess the Rumble and Survivor Series after that as the four. You know, the four old, old-school biggest shows. And SummerSlam is generally thought of as number two. And then I was thinking back and thinking, when was when has there ever been a really, really good SummerSlam, a real classic? I mean, I'm talking about my era. I mean, there may have been fantastic SummerSlams between sort of 2002 and 2014. Um, and obviously your mind goes back to Bret Hart and the British Bulldog. 25 years ago. At 
in, in, in Wembley Stadium. And then a couple of years later when uh, Owen and Brett had that uh, cage match, which is one of the stands up as one of the best cage matches ever still. But other than that, I've, I struggled slightly to think of great, uh, great SummerSlam moments. But I think partly because you're coming off the back of WrestleMania where a lot of things have kind of been uh, blown off, a lot of feuds have kind of ended, and you're sort of casting around a little bit for, for ideas. That's why back in the day you'd have quite a few sort of tag thrown together tag team matches Zeus and Macho Man versus uh, Hogan and and Brutus, and Brutus. that was a SummerSlam wasn't it that, that was, was about 80 that was yeah and then you sort of think of uh, Hogan Warrior against um, Slaughter General Adnan and Colonel Mustafa names that we'll bring up a little later on in this podcast if you don't mind uh, yeah well I, I mean in terms of SummerSlam my, my favourite wrestling writer David Shoemaker he always refers to SummerSlam as sort of the Marks Wrestlemania WrestleMania is for your casual fan. It's the Super Bowl. It's got all the celebrity matches. It's it's the feel good show. This is the wrestling show. Part of the reason, as well, that it's held in Brooklyn or certainly has been for for a while. It's a very hot crowd. Um, they're quite a smart crowd as well. So you know they're they're able to put on proper wrestling shows and not necessarily not necessarily send. You know, everyone home happy with the John Cena victory, apart from, you know, I think Matt in, in this one. No, I think, um, you know, that. why don't we kick off with that? I just, I should, just to say as well, it, it does make a huge difference, I think, that uh, you have both, I hate the word, brands in the same pay-per-view. You get kind of these, the, the smaller shows, the single brand ones, you, you know, it's it's refreshing to get everybody in there together makes a difference well you're just a big fan of Booker T so you... uh, one of my notes here actually it might have even been the first match oh, well no it's his first match that he commentates on one of my notes is just, just ignore Booker <laughs> <laughs> because you have to although yeah. he does have the line of the night later on okay we'll, we'll get to that but let, let's go back to let's go back to Cena who I believe coming into this match had lost I think nine straight SummerSlam matches um, yeah not since so, 2007 I think I read that he had won okay so putting him up against um uh, Baron Corbin, uh, Money in the Bank winner. Although, uh, as as we all saw, he's he's lost his Money in the Bank contract. They're absolutely confirming that his push is well and truly over now. Buried, not well, not not really buried, but put away by John Cena in the opening match. Um, poor old Baron. His yeah, hair's going, <laughs> his career's going. He took his top off and you could see his muffin top. Yeah, um, he's a bit great. soft in the middle, yeah. as, as am I. Well, it's, it's true, but then we're, we're, not, we're not on the biggest athletes. stage, are we? Um, yeah, well, there's some rumours flying around that he's upset a few people with some Twitter comments, which I haven't, you know, I, I, could be true, I, I, I have no idea, but he sort of, given the, the way the match uh, played out and how this last sort of week or so has played out for him, uh, you wouldn't be just surprised to find... Uh, that's the case. It was referred to on commentary as the future versus the franchise. Um, so, of course, the franchise goes over. Yeah, um, just in terms of, um, of patent baldness, I did notice, uh, did John Cena look, did he look slightly Zidane-ish? I thought no? he just had, 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 I thought he just had a haircut. Or was it just the lights? I think he just had a haircut. I think that's what it, all it was. I think he's going bald at the back. You reckon? Yeah. You can't go bald at the back, can you? Is that a thing? Well, it's like the crown. It's just expanding. Oh, but okay. Anyway, people have tuned in for our red-hot move-by-move uh, analysis here. So <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give them Why? A, We've never done that before. I'll give, I'll give them a, uh, a few of those things. So uh, Baron Corbin, no one's chanting for him at all. I quite like the way that Cena worked the crowd in this one. But it was a great chokeslam backbreaker, which looked like a botch, I thought. It looked incredibly painful on Cena. 
it was it was a good move, but but looked. Do you think Cena wasn't? He was expecting just to just to be a standard choke slam. I think so. Need to come up. It looked really nasty, and that was followed up with a, a really nice tornado DDT. Um, but one attitude adjustment was all it took to finish him, and I can't remember the last time there was only one yeah one finishing move, and that's something that actually until the uh, AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens match. All the matches, um, they were they were relatively free of false finishes and, and multiple finishing sure. moves, which is quite nice to watch, quite old fashioned. But yeah, Baron Corbin. I think my my conclusion is that he's just a shit Braun Strowman, and that was confirmed even later on when Braun came on. You know, they're they're similarish stature. Um, they could have pushed either of them, or they were pushing both of them, kind of a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. But Baron is going very. Baron is going in one direction. Braun going completely in the other. Yeah, so he's got a. There's a bit of rebuilding to be done, isn't there? Mind you, you know, with uh, with Strowman, they've you know, squashed him a fair bit over the uh, pre WrestleMania sort of period, and he's come back fairly strongly. So. Um, you know, you could, these things can turn, turn around in, within the space of a couple of pay-per-views. Would you like to talk about that main event now? Because, uh, you know, Natalia versus Naomi and Cass versus Big Show, they're not really, they're not very exciting to talk about. They were, they had their moments. Yeah, but let's, let's go to event. the main event, because yeah. that was a truly sensational match. Wasn't wasn't a wrestling clinic yeah, by any means, but there was a lot of action in there that I've never seen before. And in a four-hour show... Um, you know, with some with some ups and some downs, that sent everyone home happy. That was um, a hoss fest, and you know, uh, how many table spots were there in that? There were about three. three. Yeah, three table spots um, and a pushed over table. Well, I was including that in the three. There was two two table spots and plus a pushed over table. Okay, well, I'm including uh, Roman Reigns being thrown onto it and it not breaking at all. <laughs> that was before Brock had his stuff. But, uh, yeah, Braun Strowman coming out of this, an absolute megastar. And no? Yes. You think but, no? Would what, you have liked him to win? Yes. I think halfway through that match, you think he has to go over at this point um, because clearly he's the most over man of those four. Um, it was either it had to be either him or, or Brock, I suppose. But um, I didn't. I tell you what. Well, let me let me let me give you my thoughts. Um, I thought Roman reaction, uh, Roman Reigns got one of the big. Still gets one of the biggest reactions of the night. It's a negative reaction, but it's still a big reaction. Um, and Booker has the line of the night. I think just t- towards the start, where he said, describes Roman as the most dangerous elephant in WWE, which I'm assuming somebody was on the headset saying, "Call him the most dangerous element" or something, and he just misheard <laughs> and said the most dangerous elephant. But I thought it was great, and it sort of fits. And I think they should start calling him uh, that now. Add that to his list of um, nicknames. There was a, the suplex spots were great. You know, Roman and Joe going for the ride, and then Braun not. Then uh, Lesnar going through the two tables was brilliant. Yeah, fantastic stuff. The table being tipped up on on top of him. That's when the match goes downhill from my from my view. I hate the fake EMTs come out and carry him to the back. It back it just it kills it. It slows the match down. Everybody just has to stop and sit around. Um, you know, waiting. It's like this, don't do that. Why? Why can't he? Why couldn't he have just? Because you know he's coming out again later. Why not just let him stay under the table for the five, ten minutes that um, it took for him to come back out again? Maybe he needed a wee. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
it wasn't so much of a match as a continually teased finish. Although I did like a couple. I quite liked um, Roman getting caught in the Kikina clutch when he was in the middle of his woo-ha. That was funny, was quite yeah. funny. Now, Roman Reigns really annoyed me in this match because it was, it was incredibly physical and it was quite real. The match, you know, uh, for example, a thrown office chair, <laughs> and and lots of sort of head-based steel ring step yeah, spots Braun, as well. Braun got cut on the ear by Roman. Yeah, lugging the cha- lugging the steps into when he didn't really have a proper grip on the steps. Actually, he just sort of shoved them. Yeah, and there were there were lots of red marks. You know, uh, uh, Roman's face was slightly cut up. Loads of red marks all over Samoa Joe. Brock looking very purple mm-hmm. from, That's standard, though, from, the, from the offset. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what annoyed me about Roman Reigns, who, as people to this podcast know, I, I, I generally love, um, the fact that he has to cock his arm for, for the Superman punch, it's just really silly. He doesn't need to do that. He doesn't need to do it every time he does it yeah. uh, for the jump and the punch. He could just do a punch. You know, Big Show just does a punch. Yeah, I mean, and boom. Have, he did about four or five in a row, uh, and it just sort of it it makes it really stupid. People do give, um, you know, there's a, there's plenty of people over the years who have given a sign to um, to indicate they're about to use their their big move. You think of uh, Undertaker using sort of the throat slash or Jake the Snake whipping his hand in the air before I'm thinking of Shawn Michaels DDT. tuning up the band that works as well but none of those people did it every single time no. they did it it's like sometimes it's just the moment to do the move before you start faffing around with your, the frills yeah he did loads of oohs as well yeah, didn't he he's got a massive mouth yeah because... it's huge <laughs> it's and it, it really shows up in a match like that when you've got three people that are you know incredibly physical wrestlers entertainers um, sports entertainers <laughs> performers um, it doesn't make him look I don't think I don't think he came out of it looking very good at all actually Roman no well everyone kind of got a bit gassed towards the end which is to be expected he was also the one that took the, the pen as well wasn't he if I yes. remember rightly yeah he did um, but so you, you thought that Braun didn't come out of this as strongly as he could have done he was put over enormously on commentary and the crowd yeah. absolutely love him so yeah he was um, you know he's the most popular of, of the guys uh, of the competitors with the crowd for sure, but so you you would have liked to have seen him win. You see, I've I've written down um, you know potential spin-offs from this. Uh, you know, so Les- Lesnar retained, of course. So I can see that Strowman versus Lesnar being a Survivor Series, the next one, and then a three-way at the Rumble with Roman, and then presumably Roman versus Brock at at WrestleMania because that's the big that's the big money match or. Or if if um, if Brock goes off to UFC to fight John Bones Jones, um, then it will be Roman versus Strowman again at WrestleMania, which is probably the biggest match that they can do at the moment. You know, uh, with with Brock not there, no Brock is he's an attraction. He hmm. he's going to bugger off for a couple of months. Yeah, now. I think they'll end up doing Brock Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. Brock Kurt Angle. Yeah. Have you seen the way that Kurt Angle lifts the phone up to his, <laughs> to his ear? There is no way that Kurt Angle is going to wrestle again. And if he does, it'll probably be Triple H. <laughs> I would be, I'd be surprised if we don't see Angle in the in the ring at some point in the next year. Interesting. Okay, yeah. well, he is. Um, they, they had that ad for the for the video game. He's a downloadable character. Hey, what you see? Yeah, but I don't know if there's going to be any feud. <laughs> I just, I've seen the documentary, the Twenty Four documentary, and it's very good. They always are. But I didn't realise that he'd had, uh, he'd had... He's had about five broken necks. Yeah, his neck is just in one... is basically one fused piece of bone now, isn't it? Yeah. 
That's not, it's, it doesn't it doesn't always stop them though, does it? Like terrible, terrible. I mean, they're better at it. They're better than they were, but it's still they'll still throw people in the ring if uh, um, if they can. Okay, so that was that. That's the main event done. That match sent people home happy. That was very memorable and a, and a huge contrast in terms of you know. I, I don't think there were any sort of proper wrestling move, power slams and and stuff, but no. Uh, no spinny, jumpy, ropey stuff. So. No, no, obviously. no hurricane runners. Um, and they did, to be fair, as well, they didn't do the usual problem with a fatal four way. Is I thought, yeah, sorry, we said we'd done with it, but it's like you pair, you just end up pairing. Yeah, you pair up, up someone, so, someone's you, out, someone runs in. And yeah. they kind of there was a bit of that because there always is, but it wasn't too uh, egregious. No, well, I mean they were barely in the ring. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for that. But uh, two people who were in the ring and really, really performed absolutely extraordinarily well was AJ Styles and Kevin Owens. Uh, this was their third meeting. Uh, the first two have been slightly flat. The, the Battleground one had uh, a very, very odd finish. Um, but this was, uh, without doubt, the most spectacular match of the night. This was the match that everyone has been wanting them to produce. Their, their chemistry is, is fantastic. It's just, it just hasn't quite worked in, these, uh, in the, their previous two meetings. It was great. It had the best hype package of the of the night, and you know, fundamentally, they've done really well to make the US title mean something as well. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Yeah, no, I I thought it was it was the best match of the night because we've seen it before. I wasn't sort of too fussed, you know, who won or, or who lost, but at the same time, it was a really hard hitting. Uh, you know, perhaps not compared to the main event in the end, but it was still fairly hard hitting compared to what had gone before it. <laughs> Shane's clearly like is beginning to just look ridiculous. Um, Looking like he'd got into his dad's medicine cabinet, basically. He also looked like he'd been uh, hard on the Ron seal as well. He's a very interesting <laughs> colour these days, <laughs> accentuated by the the silvery hair. Yeah, he's well. sort of turning into this kind of uh, like a frosted topped brown medicine ball, <laughs> like, <laughs> old 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 timey medicine ball because he's so leathery and ridiculously like beefed up and swollen now it's incredible and he's a terrible referee because all the ref- other referees uh, over the course of the pay-per-view managed to re- officiate their matches without accidentally banging into the competitors without botching um, three counts but Shane continually in the way continually um, uh, getting knock- knocked over or knocking over AJ and Owens and then uh, Making a mess, a deliberate mess. Obviously, I mean, it's. I'm not sort of saying he was. It was a, a botch in that way, but deliberate uh, hitting a three count when AJ had his uh, foot on the ropes. Yeah, you know, that's 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 basic. basic. <laughs> Referee right, Mike Kyoto wouldn't have told. He wouldn't. Right he wouldn't have done. Tim that. White, no, needs to go back to school. Absolutely. Um, although he did call it right down the middle, which, as we all know, with special guest referees, is an absolutely uh, essential element of the job. And it's nice to see that he's got his customised top as well. <laughs> I, I watched on the, on the network recently where Triple H was the special guest referee. It's when Randy Orton, I think it's from SummerSlam actually, it's when Randy Orton cashes in um, shortly after Daniel Bryan wins the championship. So, you know, he holds it for like 20 seconds or whatever. Uh, but Triple H wore his muscly top and he's got... He's in some awful track trousers tucked into some work boots. He looks really bad. It's, it's long hair, Paul. Your close personal friend. Yeah. Still. It's almost it's nine months into that. He hasn't written to me recently. But. Despite how many times you call him. Yeah. <laughs> Never writes, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's, let's put a bow on. AJ versus KO. I, I just thought I thought it was a great match. It was the match that I wanted to see. This was their third pay-per-view meeting. Uh, the previous two had fallen flat because of some odd finishes and just 
it, it just wasn't all there. But these these two guys can seriously go. They're very very stiff workers as well, um, and I'm always impressed by Kevin Owens' cardio because in terms of wrestlers that I look like, and I'm going to be rude, John, you look like as yeah. well. We most resemble him. <laughs> that said, going back to Shane O'Mac, I'm looking forward to. Uh, we're, we're both on the right side of forty. I'm looking forward to hitting hitting my forties and and becoming shredded and ripped like these guys. I think it just happens I think so yeah it just yeah it's just a part of the aging process yeah looking forward looking forward to that immensely anyway um sandwiched in between the AJ and Kevin Owens match and the main event was the WWE championship match now that's this is the most prestigious title in the business sir and this is the buffer match. This is the three-minute Divas Battle Royal uh, from previous from previous pay-per-views. Really, really sad that this is happening to the to the main title. But then they have Jinder Mahal as the champ, who is a purely functional champion. It's presumably just for um, the Indian market, isn't it? Is that, is that the idea behind it? Do you think? Yeah, you know, a, a billion. He's got a billion fans watching. Um, you know, uh, Nakamura, I'm a big fan of him. You're yet to be convinced by him. I've seen him, that, that match with Sami Zayn that he had in NXT was sensational and a couple of his other NXT matches. He was, he's, he's, properly, he's properly good when he's paired up with the right people. But Jinder Mahal is not that person. Dolph Ziggler should have been that person, but the match was, was very flat for backlash. Because who cares about Dolph Ziggler? Exactly. Um, but yeah, th- this match reminded me somewhat of Sergeant Slaughter versus Ultimate Warrior at Royal Rumble 1991, um, minus run in from uh, Macho King Randy Savage and Scepter to the Head. Because, stick with me here, John, you had uh, this functional heel champ who was there for no reason other than just, you know, storyline and heat uh, in Slaughter and Jinder. Um, you have a very charismatic. Uh, competitor, although Warrior was champion going into that match, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, um, uh, as you have with the artist known as Nakamura. Um, now Nakamura is a far more accomplished worker than Warrior, but uh, yeah, the, these two guys, their styles do not mesh at all. And Nakamura will be champion at some point. There's no doubt about that. And he will go on to feud with with AJ, and I presume that's a WrestleMania match coming up. If you remember from Money in the Bank or um, they, they had that really nice standoff. Oh yes, I do. Yeah, remember so that that will happen. They're, they're, they've got history and previous from from Japan, but yeah, Nakamura is just not being paired with the right people. And this was an absolute nothing match. So let's leave it. And in fact, let's take a break now. You people back at home, gather your thoughts. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We'll be back shortly. How many pages of notes have you got there, John? Four. 
I've got a slightly smaller notebook and I made five pages of notes. Wow. Um, but yeah, let's talk about uh, Dean and Seth versus Shizaro. This was uh, this was a fantastically good match. I really enjoyed this very much indeed. I did, yeah. Storyline-wise, it was good. Uh, action, flying spots, hard-hitting, all of it. And, and Dean Ambrose was who I'm generally very, very down on. He was actually very, really good in this. Yeah, Although he, he did do his lunatic lariat. Yeah, he works better with, with Seth than within that that group doesn't he I think and they got a really they got a big reaction the the sort of semi shield yeah two thirds of the shield um, the she the she <laughs> and I really like I like, really like Cesaro and I'd quite like sort of at the moment I'm kind of increasingly fond of Seamus again when he's, exactly I am really really fond of Seamus now when he's in but uh, when he's in this kind of situation the kind of fairly mid card tag team stuff I think he's uh, he's a good presence um I really liked Cesaro going off into the uh, crowd to get, get a the beach ball. <laughs> and I don't know, whether, did he pop it or did he just rip he just it because he's it. so strong he, he can rip tore it apart. Ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the, the finish was great. There was a, that great setup for uh, the Hurricane Rana. Um, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was a, a terrific finish. The only thing that slightly irritates me during this match, well, there's two things actually, uh, just to get my moans in. Uh, Michael Cole or whoever it was on commentary was listing. Uh, the various peoples or various uh, titles that the the four guys had had, and all that re- all that really did was emphasise because like three quarters of them were former world champions. And all that does is that emphasise how like meaningless the titles are. But the other thing was the the continual because everybody has the um, sort of secondary nickname. It was the we were continually given the Kingslayer and the Architect yeah. and the Lunatic Fringe and the Swiss Cyborg and the Celtic Warrior. Celtic warrior. It's not a Celtic warrior. No. Don't do that. <laughs> Our listeners in Belfast, by Celtic Glasgow, warrior. Apologies. Um, yeah. So that and that that uh, that irked me. But it was it was a, it was a good match. It was good fun. Did you like Seamus and Cesaro being referred to as the bar? Because I, I wasn't quite sure what was written on their bum um, throughout the match, and then it, it it revealed itself. They are the bar. They're the bar that tag teams need to reach if they're. Oh, is that what it is? That's why That's they're called naff, the bar, isn't it? Yeah. No, I don't like that. No. What would we be called? Well, with the floor, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the bare minimum. Yeah, I, I want to know how Seamus's hair manages to withstand what product he uses. Yeah, because uh, I'm I'm Must a person similar to yours. I'm a person who uses product, but you know, if if I get my sweat on or wear a helmet or something, or or wrestle <laughs> a, a thirty minute tag match for the Raw Tag Team Championship, I would expect my hair to flop somewhat. But his, <laughs> his hair is absolutely rigid. Yeah, no, he, he keeps it up all night. Yes, he does. What does he think of Seth Rollins' outfit? Didn't like it as much as I like the uh, the greys and the blacks. No, it was a bit too red. A bit too red, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and every time I see Dean Ambrose wrestle, I just think, my God, his undercrackers must be absolutely drenched because <laughs> he's wearing very tight jeans. And, whoa, you know, that's not... Yeah, it can't be that comfortable to work in, really. No. What he probably needs is some of that tap-out body spray uh, that John Cena was advertising <laughs> earlier on in the event. And speaking of adverts, um, you know, when uh, I think that the most entertaining thing that I saw in this pay-per-view up to about the two-and-a-half-hour mark was the KFC advert. Did you see that? Well, the one with... Uh, this is the one with uh, Ziggler and... Yeah, in his, uh, and the Colonel, when they yeah. revealed that HBK is the new Kentucky Fried <laughs> Colonel. <laughs> uh, 
John, where do you want to go next? Do you want to talk about Finn and Bray? We can talk about Finn and Bray. The demon versus the doer of jobs. It's the entrance against the entrance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, do, I don't get the demon thing. Demons aren't baby faces, and he's a he's a young Irishman. <laughs> he's not. Yeah. He's not really a demon. I, I mean, I like I like the the paint and everything, yeah. but, but isn't the idea you know that he's usually just a normal man, and then when he gets really mad, he goes into demon mode. Yeah, but it just makes it a bit cartoony. It's like he's like a bomb arm. You remember bomb arms in the uh, Mario games? No, that they would just walk around being little, little tiny wind up bombs, um, and then if you uh, jumped on his head or jumped on him, it would make him really mad and he'd, he'd explode. I was always a Sega person growing up. We yeah, that explains a lot, really, doesn't it? That? Does it really? <laughs> I don't know. Does it? <laughs> so, Sonic. I, I was I, I, Sonic over Mario. I was, well, I was NES and then Mega Drive, so I, I flip flopped between the two, and then uh, that was it, really, for me. Okay, no. but I was, I was I was always Mario over Sonic every time. Although I did quite like. This. I think that's the end of this podcast. John. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the real break of angle. Yeah, I did like that one with tails where you could race each other. That was great. Anyway, what were we talking about this for? Sorry. Yeah, well, well because Finn versus Bray was. Slightly near, as most yeah. things involving, again, involving Bray are. Again, they reference the fact that they were both former champions, which, again, made you remember or struggle to remember just when exactly and how exactly those title reigns had gone down because they were both, for different reasons, obviously, um, both entirely forgettable title reigns, which you almost have to put in inverted commas, really, the word reigns. Um, and... Oh, commentary. I don't know whose line it was, but they said everyone plays mind games with Bray Wyatt, but not many are successful. He loses all the time. <laughs> he constantly loses. Well, he probably wins the mind games, but he he loses, loses in the match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was a it was a bit of a a bit of a, a bit of a nothing match, wasn't it? Really? Yeah. So you know, Finn's had a long was out for a very long injury. He won the Universal Championship at the previous uh, at the previous SummerSlam had to give up the title the, the, the following night but yeah he's gone from main event uh, push to the moon to uh, Bray Midcard mid Bray to Bray Midcarder yeah fodder which you know he'll get back up to the top there's no doubt and I think you know seeing him in the demon stuff it's exciting for kids and people in the audience I, I'm not a big fan I, I think that Finn is good enough without that to be honest as a performer that is mm. I don't think he needs to sort of clench his teeth and spend about four hours doing all that makeup <laughs> but nevertheless there was, some, there was a couple of really good good moves in this I like the spin over the top um, by by Finn when he when he jumped out the ring looked absolutely sensational in, in slow-mo and there was a very good suplex to the outside by Bray which was good, but mm. but yeah, Bray rubbish. It didn't really. I think the idea of the they tried to go over was that um, because uh, Finn was in sort of demon mode, uh, Bray's um, you know upside down spider walking was having no effect, and that made Bray go, "Oh my god, I've never seen this before." But it didn't. It just didn't really work. Nothing has an effect on anyone. No, Bray. no, no. no. Uh, nice, nice tip of the hat too in commentary. Let's give credit where it's due by um, by Corey Graves when he did a nice reference to Gorilla Monsoon. He was talking about oh, and he messed the, up the reference to Gorilla. He well, was trying he, to say he took two goes in it. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was nice. Nice to hear. Nice to hear that nonsensical vocabulary <laughs> coming out there. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk, ladies. Um, Banks versus Bliss. I thought this was a cracking match. This was. Did you? Did you not? You're you're snarling at me. No, I didn't think it. I didn't think it was a cracking match. 
Tell me why. Well, tell me why you thought it was good. I mean, I've, I've written in my notes, I thought it was the best match of the night up to this point. Uh, Sasha being the darling of, of Brooklyn. I thought there was really good, really good story being told. I thought there was very good selling and some really hard-hitting moves, which um, and, and some nice flip. I love uh, Alexa Bliss, who I think is deeply gorgeous as well. Um, I really like her flip one way and flip backwards with the knees. With the knees. Yeah, that's a really cool move. Uh, I think I think Sasha's a really, really accomplished performer as well. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the ladies wearing all this neon and stuff uh, and having ridiculous coloured hair. Mm. I mean, less so these two. I mean, we might as well get... Uh, well, we could do both. Natalia we could do both, out the way here, but um, they still have pretty. I mean, Sasha's hair is. I mean, we shouldn't even. I mean, why are we even talking about it? But like, you're such an objectifier, John. I know, but you end. But it's <laughs> deliberate. It's like you don't have in the men's side of the uh, of the draw. Uh, you have um, people who are, you know, just kind of much more sort of subdued colour. Nobody wears sort of bright colours unless you want to be portrayed as some sort of... Some chump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in the, I don't know. Um, but, I, yeah, I thought that Alex Bliss got a slightly bigger reaction to Sasha coming out um, than the match I just thought was walk and brawl and then a rest spot and then a bit more brawling and then another rest spot. This is when I had to try, wrote down try to ignore Booker T. Um, and Bliss, having got the bigger reaction... Then lost. I thought the finish was out of the blue as well. I thought it was out of the blue. Um, I thought that they were going to they were going to keep the feud going for a bit longer. I certainly did not see her tapping out. And they they did a lot of false finishes in this one actually, or a lot of finishing moves. The bank statement, a lot. Um, that, look, I, I I enjoyed it, John. But yeah, maybe... that's a, well, this is the thing that's each to, each to their own. It's our art. I, did, I enjoyed the the other women's match more. I have to say, did you? I did, and I don't like <laughs> Naomi particularly. I think she's a, a very She's I so like bland. I like her, her entrance music, but that's all that. I, that's the only thing I like. like her, do you like her jiggling and her dancing with the entrance music? No, no, it's just the music that I quite like. And the, clearly, the she's a bit sort of uh, she's a merchandise shifter, presumably with her various glowing glowing stuff. I wrote down that it started nicely. Oh, actually, I haven't said that I liked it more. My note says it started nicely and then faded horribly because um, it was. I think it was quite a, a lively start, and then it just sort of got a bit plodding um i do quite like natalia though i think she's quite good she's actually got a character which is something that you don't always get in the on the sort of in the women's side they're both really really bad actors yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh god absolutely shocking yeah well, Naomi Those sort of sat sitting vignettes. there crying and stuff at the it was yeah i'm quite glad she's not a champion anymore but yeah, yeah, she's had probably the most forgettable title reign of the most forgettable um, belt in the division. Yeah, it is. Yeah, in the, I, she's had she's had a couple of matches against Lana, and that's it. Uh, you know, Carmella didn't cash in, didn't do anything like that, and I'm just as pleased because you know I just wanted this match to either not be there or be over because Charlotte is far and away the best. In this division, yeah, it does feel like the, the and obviously the she was away because yeah. uh, of because of her dad because of her dad. Got to tell you that I saw WrestleMania, whatever it was, Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels that that final match. I'm sorry, I love you. Mm. He super kicks in. It was a really good match. Um, and then Flair's family come in at the end, and he basically cries from that moment until the, <laughs> until the following the night's night. <laughs> non-stop. <laughs> But uh, but Charlotte's in there, and she's she's called Ashley. She's got she's young. She's got a bob hairstyle. Hasn't had any uh, surgery either. No inkling that she's going to be a performer. And there's David Flair and Reed, 
who are um, who were sort of far more central in terms of the camera and the storyline. But yeah, do go back and watch that, John. It's 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 quite okay. un- quite. If you want to see an even uh, uh, you know uh, the Flair family before that, have a take a look at uh, Starcade ninety three. Got anything to say to Ric Flair? Uh, get well soon. Woo. I think it's nice that Cena hasn't broken the record yet. It would be yeah, it's not the right. It's got to be the right time. It's got to be a and there's got to be a moment for that. Um, anyway, have we got any more matches? We're, we're almost there. Well, we've got with this, with this two. We we've haven't got Cass and Big Show. We've got the and the, RK, the RKO out of nowhere. <laughs> Let's do that one. What the, Rusev, the, Bel- the, Bul- I the Bulgarian I brute. I didn't see it. You know who was the the hottest heel not too long ago, has now jobbed out to Cena in a flag match at Battleground which was awful you don't need to see that and um, started off beating up Randy Orton and then oh, what should happen there's an RKO out of nowhere and Rusev's beaten and he goes home and he's weak rubbish absolute rubbish um, Cass versus Big Show now do you remember how last year's SummerSlam opened bearing in mind that it's Brooklyn uh, how you doing uh, okay. Enzo and Big Cass do like a 20 minute talky bollocks thing at the beginning and now uh, they've broken up and they they got no they got no reaction at all no it was it was silent wasn't it shark cage shark cage matches surely among the worst sort of stipulation matches going um and they seem to be making a bit of a feels like they had a bit of a comeback almost like i feel like um jericho was in a shark yeah, cage yeah th- th- there's one recently. within the last the last year um and despite his only role being, well, his only role being to go into the cage, uh, Enzo still comes out and does his "How you doing?" shtick, which is the only reason that he's in the company at this point, surely. Um, and then to make a to make what I've called a greasy escape. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the greasy escape, but there was absolutely no point. No, to utterly it. pointless. He just drops down to get his face kicked in, um, and. Uh, Big Cass, who nobody cares about, continues on his march towards main event status. To be fair, I mean, it is, you know, you can't, you've got to have these lower mid-card guys, but they kind of need to be doing slightly more. In the, You've got to give him something to do other than beating up Enzo. I mean, Enzo is the, the beaten up person in every single match. And he's, he's just, just fuck off to the cruiserweights now, where he'll be fighting people his own size, can do stuff, and... Uh, inject some charisma into that division and I believe they've stopped putting the purple ropes on oh really this now yeah there was a cruiserweight match on the pre-show but I didn't watch the pre-show oh, you're such a slacker John you, did you watch you, the pre-show you busy you? <laughs> no I uh... <laughs> did you even look check out the results of the pre-show uh, I understand that uh, New Day fought uh, the Usos and this was meant to be absolutely brilliant so I will be watching it tonight yeah so over, overall just to, to, to sum up uh, a, a decent a decent show with some wrestling matches on it. Some highs, some lows. Some creamy middles. <laughs> yeah. Now, John, we're, uh, we're, doing some, we're doing some live stuff soon, aren't we? We're making our, our first performance on the stage for uh, the London Podcast Festival Presents Wrestling. We're, uh, we're in the mid-card slot. 
Uh, we're going to steal the show, though. We're going to steal the show. There, there are a couple of tickets remaining, one or two. So if you're, if you're interested, head to King's, the King's Place website. That's kingsplace.co.uk. Or have a look on my Twitter page. That's at uh, GreenBenGreen. Or yours, maybe. Might have one. At John underscore Ashdown. Yeah. Uh, John, what are we going to talk about in this sensational live show, which is happening on Saturday, September the 9th, where we're on... It's a whole day of wrestling as part of the London Podcast Festival. Yeah, so even if you don't want to come and see us, come and see other people who are... Probably more professional and uh, stuff. There's no one more professional. <laughs> uh, we, what are we going to talk about? Just our, our memories, our lives. Football. People want to hear the breakup story, John. <laughs> That's what we'll be talking about. We're going to have to film it in vignettes. <laughs> yeah. Do a backstage we'll sepia, interview segment. Some sepia twinges. Yeah, you can go and. Twinges? Uh, Tin, tints. Sepia. Wow, what the fuck did I just. What's a sepia twinge? Sepia tinge. Did I say tinge? No, I, don't know. I said twinge. I, mean, I forgot exactly. what the word was. Tinges, yeah. Sepia twinge is the kind of back spasms you get when you're in your 50s. Yeah. Uh, John, I might I might turn on you at this event. Could be. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to watch. I'm clearly going to have to watch my back. Um, we, we could have that sort of, we could have that tension, you know, that kind of, you know, there's clearly some problems here, but, you know, are they going to put their differences aside for the good of the podcast? Who is the third man? <laughs> Who is is it going to be you? The third man. Which side am I on? Are you going to jump sides <laughs> to the NWO, the yep. New World, the New World Order? Yeah. Well, we know how that we know how that turned out. Well, John, we should be back in in a month. That's SummerSlam in the books. Uh, the next pay per view scheduled in by WWE is No Mercy, a Raw pay per view. That's um, in September. There might be one uh, on September the tenth, which I'm looking at now, which we definitely won't be doing anything on uh, and then it's Hell in a Cell and TLC and then it becomes Survivor Series in uh, November it's quite exciting well you know for some people <laughs> thanks for listening everybody uh, we'll see you again soon cheers <laughs> sorry what should I say L'chaim what's happening is that Jewish to life L'chaim 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 thanks for listening everybody we'll be back soon L'chaim Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.